A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to The Hotbed. This is our fifth series of The Hotbed podcast, brought to you by The Hotbed Collective. I'm Anniki Somerville. And I'm Lisa Williams. And we're sometimes joined by our co-founder, Cherry Healy, to talk about why women don't have as many orgasms as men. We want to know why this is, and so we use this podcast and our drumroll, new book, More Orgasms Please, Why Female Pleasure Matters, to explore issues such as body image, shame, and the impact of busy lives on sex and relationships, and more. Listen on and follow us on Instagram, at The Hotbed Collective. Hey, I'm back from the hiatus. Cherry was on hiatus because what were you hiatusing? Oh my good lord. So I had three projects at one go, which oh. I'm so grateful for the work, don't get me wrong, you know, that's always really good. We like money, don't we? Oh, it's great and, <laughs> and still being in telly and getting Yay. paid for it is a joy, but it got a bit it got a bit much like you know, I it was getting to the point where I was waking up in the morning and having to really think hard about where I was and mm. what I was doing. Mm, and it's mm, quite mm. it's because there's travel at the end there as well. Mm. So you are only packing and unpacking bags and filming. And filming is, is amazing. It's knackering. It's yeah. exhausting. And I find in that time, I kind of, do you have those moments where you wake up sometimes in the middle of the night? Is this what you're alluding to? And you're a little bit like, who am I? Where, Where am, am I? I? I get like, you get freaked out by your yes. own life sometimes. And also, I'm a pack animal, really am. Like, <laughs> I need my people. I need mm. love. I need um, intimacy. And... Uh, so I get, I, I miss people. Like I can miss, I get, I, I feel myself wilting. Yeah. Um, and so I've been at, at home for, um, since Friday. Well, no, I was working on Friday, but um, I've been at home the whole weekend and I've been at home Monday, Tuesday, and it's Tuesday. Today. Bless. I just feel like I'm a flower, like, like opening up again. Yay. It's Yay. so nice to have you back and we've missed you. And and you wrote a book we and wrote it's a so exciting. Book. And Cherry, you've written the intro, which is amazing too. So thank you. The book is absolutely fantastic. Did you like it? I loved it. And I can't wait to hear the audio book so I can have extra lols. And it's out now. And it's out now. And actually, when this goes live... <laughs> Well, we could be like super rich and famous. Yeah, you will. You'll definitely be helping relationships because I wish that I'd had this book growing up. I wish that I'd had this book mm. um, during my first, you know, uh, serious relationship. It's really like, significantly helpful to hear other women saying things like this. 
So you wanted to interview Tova, Tova Lee, mm. for this episode. Why is that? Um, I have been flirting with Tova Lee online for ages. She and I have a kind of mutual appreciation. I love how outspoken she is. I love how she brings fun to being a woman. She really celebrates getting older. She's very unapologetic about who she is. And she's a hoot. And she does a lot of things with her husband, Mike. So I thought she'd be a perfect person to talk to about long-term relationships, how to make it work after kids. So Anarchy and I were talking about long-term relationships. And we write about this in the book where we basically say, at the beginning, it's really fun. And then in the end, not in the end, but, you know, as the time goes on, and especially if you have children, but it could be any long-term relationship. And it makes no difference whether you're married or just living with someone together is that the sexy texts and they're like little romantic things you might do just evolve into like, can you empty the dishwasher? Can you get some more apple juice from Tesco? Yeah. And so in the book, Anarchy and I list all of the like the latest texts that we literally, as we were writing the book, we sat through and scrolled through WhatsApp and looked at the messages that we'd sent our partners and they were horrifying. And so um, I'm pleased that you got to ask Tova about all of that. That was really fun. I mean, I'm in a relatively new relationship, two years. And because I've come from a divorce, I'm hyper, hyper aware of that romance going. And so I'm really peddling it at the moment. Um, but it was fun to compare our messages. For, you know, hers was pretty, pretty marriagey. Yeah. Uh, mine was desperately trying to keep the love alive. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to what Tova and Cherry had to say. Tova Lee. Hello. Hello, welcome to the Hotbed Podcast. Hello, hello. So nice to finally do something with you because we've been kind of Instagram lovers for quite a while. I know. I like kind of flirting over the airwaves. I like that. And and here we are in real life person. I know. You're real. You're an actual person. So you are an influencer, oh sorry, gross term, but you are you're a content creator, a writer, performer, mother, podcaster, video maker. (laughs) You do a lot, really busy woman. Um And a um, great um, jumpsuit wearer today. Oh, thank you. Great, fabulous army green jumpsuit. I'm all about the jumpsuits at the moment. Uh, the, the only problem is, of course, as everyone says, is that when you need the loo in a cold yeah. pub, you're completely it's naked. True. Sitting in the coldest room in... Yeah. Why do people not put radiators in the toilet? I it's the know. only place you get completely naked. <laughs> Idiots. Um, you also do a great Facebook Live program called... Uh, Pajama Party, Party and, and Confessions, confessions yeah. which has been a huge hit. Which you need to come as uh, on as my guest. Yeah, I would love to. Thank <laughs> you so much. I do love pajamas. Um, and also, you've done a, you've done a mad thing. You've done an amazing thing. You've done a live show called My Thoughts About Stuff. Yeah, so it was a one off. Yeah, well, it was a one off because uh, I wanted to see if I liked it before I did more. <laughs> did you like it? Uh, yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. It was really, really fun. It's uh, it kind of like will go well with my book because my book's coming out next year. And, I did read uh, that in February 2020. Yes, yes. And we haven't revealed the title, so I'm not going to tell you what it yeah, is. Yeah, it was really I, uh, vague <laughs> on your website. I, know. I did read there was something interesting, and you don't you probably don't want to talk about it, but it said you're going to be talking about the crisis that saved her life. Yeah. Yeah, it was like my midlife crisis. Yeah, really. At the age of uh, forty-two. <laughs> what happened? Uh, well, uh, I say crisis, but crisis sounds bad. It wasn't mm. bad. It was an awakening. Like I feel like I, I woke up, you know, and had a party. <laughs> and I'm still mean? having a party. I, what no, do you I, mean? Because I just do feel like yeah. party really like, sums you up. No, I feel like uh, for my 40s are really significant. And my kids are now, I have three kids, and uh, my eldest is eight. The I have twins, and they're just turned six. And I don't know, I guess like last year, I just woke up one morning. I was like, who am I? You know, like, who am I? What's left? You know, it's yeah. mom, mom this, mom that. Nobody calls me by my name. 
You yeah. know, I'm like, mom, mommy, woman Can who I does laundry. Yeah. And uh, it was just kind of like I was really, I felt really trapped in the mom box in every single way, whether it was sexuality, whether it was what I was wearing, whether it was everything I was doing, you know, and I just couldn't, I couldn't bear it. I, I, I feel like I went crazy. Um, but I think women do go crazy a little bit in their 40s or potentially we've always been crazy. And in our 40s, <laughs> we're quite happy to just show it. You know? I think probably children yeah. are married and really like working really hard and doing yeah. a fucking yeah. stair pile. That'll do it. Um, so you, you woke up and you felt like something snapped, something yeah. broke. And then how did you? So I was really determined to just go out and, um, and you know, rediscover myself, I guess, or whatever, or just reinvent myself. Um, and I did a ton of things. I made a list. I, I documented all of this. Like I called it my mom life crisis. Yes, I'm brilliant. Uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, I dyed my hair pink. I took a pole dancing. I, <laughs> I did a nude photo shoot. I, oh my God. I went to a nude spa in Brighton. It's brilliant, by the way. You should go. Oh, really? <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I even went to Nepal and I did the Everest base camp with my brother, a two week trip, something not in a million years that I think I could do in my 40s as a mom with young kids still quite yeah. relatively young. Uh, and guess what? What? The laundry got done. Oh. Nothing happened. But now, for me, the female friendships actually don't surround the kids. They mm. have nothing to do with the kids. Yeah. So initially, it was friends with kids, same age, and we would meet up, like I said, like with the moms. Yeah. It was all around the kids. And I was like, nah, nah, mm. nah, 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 nah. You know, I'll do a play date with the kids. That's fine. But that is not my quality time with you. Like yeah. we're going to go and we're going to meet and we're going to do our things without the kids. Do you find that when you go out with your girlfriends, it gets messy? Oh, yeah. I mean, good Lord. Everyone's <laughs> like, there's a certain expectation that when you get older, you know, you'll start to settle down. I was like, no, i got disposable income now. I'm a mess. <laughs> like, I, I was great when in my 20s because I didn't have any money. I didn't have any money to do anything. Now, I've got actual money. Like, I can get a taxi home. So I can go... <laughs> Anywhere. I mean, it's, it's bonkers. It's not like I'm rolling in it, but I haven't, like, I can go to a bar and buy, yeah. like, drinks. <laughs> and so when me and my friends go out, we, like, go out, out. It's so fun. Yeah. And I've, I've never thought that in my 40s, I'd have a new gang of friends. Actually, Instagram has, has connected me with a wonderful group of people. And they're all ragamuffins as well. Like, they like going out, out. So it's it's this whole new world. I, I thought I'd be wearing Laura Ashley and sitting down. But, <laughs> you know, I like ask for the wine list on a regular basis. I love it. Don't you love being in your 40s now? Oh, God, I'm about to hit my 40s. Okay. And I've never felt happier, more able to deal with difficult situations. Because what I've realized is that life is never going to not throw you difficult situations. Yeah. I had a revelation that, oh my God, it's never just going to be really easy. It's almost like I've been fighting for this like easy life. Like it's going to be really, like you make money, you lose money. Mm -hmm. um, you have disposable income. Oh my God, you have nothing. Um, you're you're child free. You have surrounded by kids asking your name and not letting go for a poo. Like your relationship's great. You have a screaming argument. The difference for me is that I'm learning to survive through difficult situations and, ha and managing myself. I'm extremely oversensitive. Mm -hmm. So I've learned to start, start managing that. So that's, and I think, God, it, if, if I start to keep doing that in my 40s, 
I feel like I'm going to be happier and more secure. I'm going to I'm going to have more happy days. I suppose that's the difference, yeah. isn't it? Do you like being in your forties? I love it. I love it. I can and tell. I, I know. I absolutely it's love so it. Great. Like sometimes, um, I don't actually don't regret it at all. But it's just that thing when you think, God, if only I knew I know, this when babe. I was twenty-two. Oh. Like you know, it's so funny. And you can't really. It takes you so long. Yeah. But what's interesting about it? I've said this to my mom, by the way. So my mom, um, my parents are divorced, and she left when she was forty-two. Yeah. And it's really Watch weird. Out, Mike. Yeah, no, yeah, but it's really weird because it's the exact same age that I had my mid, what I call my midlife crisis. Uh, so when I was like in the midst of the midlife crisis, and I, I turned around to her one day, and I was like, uh, you know, it suddenly occurred to me we were we were the same age. I was like, were you going through a midlife crisis? And she went, duh. <laughs> And it was like everything sort of suddenly clicked. Yeah. And then I thought to myself, isn't it weird that like as females, as women, there are so many conversations we have. And, you know, with your mom, you yeah. might have a period conversation. You might have the first bra conversation, sex, maybe how to bathe your baby. I don't know, like yes. this, like those significant conversations. But nobody ever talks to you about your 40s. And I really feel it's a conversation to be had because a lot of changes happen in your 40s hormonal changes, you yeah. know, like there's a, your kids are usually a bit older. Like yeah. it's a really, it's a new chapter in your life and nobody prepares you for it. So yeah. Oh so. my God. So <laughs> if, if you were going to give advice to another woman who was mm. nervous about getting older, for example, oh. what would you say, I, your advice? I love it. I absolutely believe with all my heart that women get better with age, yeah. 100%. It's so opposite to every message we, I we get. I absolutely 100% believe that. What do you think? I, see, I think the world tells us that we get less valuable, yeah. we get invisible, we become less valid because we aren't as sexy. But I, I feel like, well, babe, I've got some moves now. Yeah. I've like, actually, and I really <laughs> like, I'm starting to embrace my body and there's yeah. nothing more fun in bed when you go, okay, here we go. Um, it's interesting. It's not It's not often that you meet someone who's really singing from the rooftops about getting older. So yeah. it's really beautiful to hear you say that. Uh, and it's also like, uh, I think when we get older, we shed a lot of those expectations. Uh, yeah. But like, not just a shallow... I love that sentence. I love but, that phrase. Yeah. Shed a lot of expectations. But we do. You know, and it's not just the how you look or whatever. It's even just playing the part that we're supposed to play in this world of being mm -hmm. good just yes. good. Let's just start with good. <laughs> like actually, for women, actually perfect yeah. Yeah. and quiet and mild and yeah. polite. Yeah, you know the good girls. You know the nurturing. And I'm not saying we don't have that in us. Of course we do. But we've got some other things in us that I don't think, uh, as a society, we're led to believe that it is okay for us to show them. Like we're predators. Yeah, we're predators. Um, competitive. You know? We're competitive. Um, also, yeah. like money. Yeah, exactly. Want to talk about money? Want to earn money? That I mean, that's been a revelation. I think yeah. for me, it's like, oh my god, is it, is it okay that actually I I really and I, money isn't my value? Like I'm no better at earning money than I am not. But it's really fun to earn money. It's a good yeah. it's a good carrot. And also, um, why am I even justifying it? I can hear myself now. Exactly. So, right, I love that shedding expectations. Yeah. Of being like little Bo Peep. I know. No, I love Fuck it. Fuck the sheep. <laughs> <laughs> they can find their own way back, dicks. Um, now, listen, I want to move on to our topic today. Okay. Because you have a great relationship with Mike. Well, I say that, but <laughs> what I mean is you have an actual relationship. You have a you have a long-term relationship. You're married. Which I love you. And one of the chapters of the brand new book, The Hot Bear Collective, More Orgasms, Please, <laughs> Why Female Pleasure Matters, written by Lisa and Anarchy of The Hotbed. I'm just here to cheerlead them on like a badass. So one of the chapters in this book is called Long-Term Lovers, The Reality. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tie this episode into that chapter. So 
I would like to ask you, how did your relationship change with Mike after you had your children? Oh, my God. How long do we have? Oh, my God. Was it really Uh, dramatic? uh, Well, I mean, you know, there's so much to say about this topic. Uh, First of all, I am I'm I'm divorced. Like, I don't know if you know. I didn't know that, Topa. I think we. That's the information because I'm divorced as well. We got to hang out. We got to hang out. Exactly. Oh, my God. Uh, So, yeah, uh, I'm divorced. And uh, I was with my first uh, husband for nearly 10 years. God, I didn't know this. Uh, we weren't married for 10 years, but it was a relationship for the last yeah. 10 years. So Mike's my second uh, marriage. My second marriage. Oh, my God. Oh <laughs> Mike's my God. second Just marriage. Like <laughs> my current marriage. He's my, he's my current husband, <laughs> yeah. Mike. Um, and I think it, I am so happy. That I Divorce is awful and it was hard and yes. blah, 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 all that. I'm sure you yeah. know. Uh, but I'm so happy that I had that experience because wow. I, I honestly don't think it would have led me to Mike. And he's, um he, you know, it, it was, it, he is the complete opposite of all the other guys I've ever gone for my entire life. How interesting. Was that conscious? After you got divorced, you thought, no, oh, I should try a different apple? No, but I guess subconsciously yeah. it sort of happened. Like I was, I loved the tormented artists do you know oh, them? Oh, God damn them. <laughs> yes. The really hurt kind of souls oh. that you have to sort of try and uh, heal. And, yeah, exhausting. Oh, God, so exhausting. And Mike's the complete opposite. He's like so <laughs> just like... You know, he's not. He's not, so not tortured. He's not. He's not tortured. He's not. I. I want to say like he's not deep, but not in a mad way. Like he's just. Yeah. Not, he's just like you know. He's very chill. Content. Um, so yeah, uh, we had three children in the space of two years. Wow. And we got married very quick and had children very quick. So because our why? Because you, when you're older, you just know. I mean, I was 35, I guess, yeah. and uh, he was over 40. Yeah. And when we met, it was. It's funny because with my first, I didn't want children. Like I, I kind of knew at the back in the back of my mind that I, I don't know, no, yeah, I don't feel safe, yeah, yeah. And then with Mike, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, let's just have kids. So, but we didn't obviously plan for twins, and we got three kids in the space of two years. So to say that our relationship changed is the understatement of the year. Because at first, I imagine you know, it was great, so beautiful, yeah, and romantic, like eleven you know, o'clock, yeah, eleven a.m. sex on a Saturday. Yeah, that's and great. All the things. So, if you can summly, if you can, if you can summly, if you can summly sum it up, how would it? How did it change between you two? Was it? um, Did you did you stay close or was it like a bomb going? No, I mean, first of all, uh, I had uh, PPD after my first postpartum depression uh, for a little while. I didn't even know, so I totally withdrew. Like um, for me, Mike was just somebody that was totally in my way. Like he couldn't get anything right. I was furious at him furious at him for every single reason under the sun why he that he got to go out of the house and yes. I was at home miserable crying that he his life hadn't changed in my eyes his life hadn't changed and my life was totally upside down Which in every single way the truth yeah, yeah. but it's it's not their fault but yeah it's, I, yeah. I, yeah and I would, obviously yeah. it's depression it's not like yeah. they're not yeah, and then on top of that, the whole uh, when we coming back to sex and sexuality and all that. Uh, I mean, you know, your body changes. I was uh, I was determined to breastfeed, even though I really couldn't didn't find it easy. It I was really it wasn't good. So I then decided to pump <laughs> for seven months. <laughs> yes. Completely. We, I rented Oof. one of those uh, pumps, the double pumps, oh, and I God. would be just walking around the house with a bra that I cut out two holes oh. in. Yeah, just heroic. So can you imagine like the state when people talk to me about sex after having babies? That's the image. That I, I, like, are you I kidding mean, me? I mean, it's like the last thing on your mind. 
Yeah, our sex life was non-existent for a very long time. And did you talk to him about it? Like, was it a verb? Like, was it a verbal thing, or did it, no? Was it just I mean, I didn't want him to touch me. Like, no. not at all. No, because also, again, it's very individual for women. But uh, for me, my boobs were my like switch on yes. buttons. Like, yes. touch my boobs, and I'm ready. We're ready. Like, uh, yeah, know, me too. Like, yeah, yeah, very much. And I was like, do not touch my boobs. Like, oh. no, right? Yes. It's like get away from my boobs. So that was an issue because I couldn't really, I couldn't. I, switch on, the switch on. switch on. The switch on button yeah. was permanantly switched off. Totally. <laughs> the <shop> was closed. <laughs> Poor man didn't know what to do. So what um, did, how did you turn it around? Like, did you, were you aware that, I mean, was it upsetting you that you didn't have that closeness? Was it affecting your relationship outside of the bedroom? Yeah, for sure. It 100% affected the relationship, but I don't know if it was necessarily because of the lack of sex. It was just the whole thing, the yeah. whole overwhelming. Because oh, listen, just, oh. but honestly, I say this to, I, I hear so many moms because in my blog and stuff, they write in yeah. and a lot of them talk about it. It's it's kind of, you know what? Mm-hmm. Mike said to me back then when I was like banging my head on the wall, like what's happening to us? Like we're drifting mm-hmm. apart. Do we even love each other? What's the point oh, of us cool. being together? All Aww. of that. And of course, as a divorced woman, I was like, I can't believe this is happening to me again. Oh, Babe, God, I really feel for you. That's terrible. You know what I mean? That's terrible. I cannot get her. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with getting a divorce second time, by the way. But, like, I'm just saying, in that that moment, that's what you're thinking. And uh, he kept saying, and this drove me crazy. He kept saying, it's a phase. Everybody goes through it. I was like, no, they don't. You know? <laughs> they did really you think, me. did that anger you because you felt like it was kind of diminishing how <laughs> yeah, serious it totally, was? Totally, totally. How do you feel about it now, looking back? Looking back, he was right. You know, he was right. It was a phase for us. You know, it was a phase. Um, it's it was a long phase, you know. Like sometimes <laughs> more of an era than a phase. <laughs> yeah, it was a very long phase, but it was a phase. Um, but things, it really was a long phase. So the twins came along. So we're talking about another good few years of yeah. this phase carrying on. I have a very clear, vivid image of them. This is when I started my blog, by the way. Yeah, they were two, right? Two, mm. and my my eldest was four. And this is the day I started my blog was Boxing Day, right, uh, on that year, uh, because I was I was losing my shit. Oh, like, God. I could not cope. I hated everything and everyone, and I just wanted everybody to fuck off. Yes. Like, that's what it was. Like, I just can't, yeah. I can't, can't be the center yeah. of all of your lives yeah. anymore. Yeah, and I told him, I told him, I said, you have to go. Like, take them with you. Go somewhere. I don't care. It was snowing. Like, just go. <laughs> I don't care. Just, just go. Go to Sainsbury's. Just go it's somewhere. Close. It's Boxing Day. Yeah. Just sit outside it. Yeah. And I started my blog that day, yeah. that exact day, because I just couldn't hold it in anymore. Uh, so so to say it was a phase and it was a long phase, again, is like very accurate. Um, how do you turn it around? So how it, do you come back together? It happened not so long ago yeah. as part of the midlife crisis was, a, was that. But again, my, I, didn't, I didn't focus on our relationship. And this is the big thing right. that I think uh, worked for me. And I don't know if maybe it can work for other people. I did not focus on the relationship because the relationship wasn't the issue. Yeah. I was the issue yeah. for me. It was like he may have issues of himself, but for me, yeah. it was that loss of who I am, my identity, myself of sexiness and, and sexuality, mm. nothing to do with him. How did you recognize um, that? Because I think that's really self-aware yeah. because I think it's often that something can go wrong and you blame it on the relationship was actually you're going through a difficult time. Yeah. Um, do you think that... Do you think that being in that really significant relationship before helped you? 
uh, maybe. But another thing that helped me was I, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I'm an emotional eater. I've been an emotional eater all my life. Yeah, and uh, I started uh, seeing somebody uh, who really talks about emotional eating. And one of the things she asked me, she was like, when you get up in the evening and you and your husband are sitting on the sofa, not touching each other, not talking with each other, not connecting in any type of way, and you get up to go get something from the fridge and you eat, could you just pause? Like, eat it. Yeah. Go eat it. Yeah, but yeah. like, just pause for that brief moment and ask yourself, what do I need right now? now okay. like what is it that I really need and it's a it's annoying because when she said that I was like I need the chocolate I need the cake what are you talking to me about but I started doing it and then I realized that I started saying things that hurt as fuck wow. I started saying like I need a hug oh god yeah. I need love I need to, somebody to touch me and it's the most know? it's the saddest things you feel like so sad but actually saying those things out loud for me meant or I need to move I need to do this I need to feel sexy I need to whatever yeah. and then it was like again not pointing the finger at him but actually going out and doing it so I started dancing yes. and I started walking yeah. and I started maybe buying lingerie not for him and people were saying to me oh your husband's so lucky and I was like nothing to do with him actually I'm finding me, me yeah. again absolutely do yeah. you know, I can really relate to that <laughs> I found myself um, eating a lot and drinking a lot of Chardonnay after the divorce because yeah. even though it was a relative like like peaceful divorce I was still so sad about the end of the marriage because yeah, I really thought course. that that would be the relationship for the rest of my life so I mourned it terribly terribly um, and I found that I was drinking loads and eating loads and then I started therapy and she said that to me, and I've definitely always been an emotional eater. When I used to fall over uh, when I was little, my mum used to have a sweet jar, so I relate being sad to end the sadness you eat, you consume. So, um, and then when my therapist said, just when you're, when you're sitting there, and, th and there was a definitely like towards the end of my marriage, it was like, I, I think I needed a lot of love, but when you're splitting up, you, so I think I was quite bad, like I was very unnourished yeah. in that way. So then I started to say those things, which is, I need some love. And now I say to my boyfriend now, which is the brilliant hindsight that you have from a second relationship. And this yeah. one's a really big, significant relationship. And I think this will be, you know, the next Amazing. big one. But I've so, I can hear myself and I'm going, I'm so grown up. Well done, Cherry. <laughs> well done, sweetheart. You find and I hear myself going, going, I need, I need love from you today. Yeah. And he'll go, okay, it's good to know that. And I'll, I'll come back and I say, I'm feeling very needy right now and actually I would normally have had like a massive glass of Chardonnay or I would have eaten shit, you know loads yeah. of those like little tw twirls you know the family grad, grad pack I'd have like nailed one of those in the car <laughs> whereas I now am starting to understand my emotions and I, I love that you're doing that I think that's a really underrated skill in life mm. it's really changed I mean I lost I lost it wasn't again it wasn't about the weight it was about yeah. it was about obviously there's a stress that I wasn't acknowledging and so now I have quite a t very tactile relationship with my my new partner, and it feels really good, and it feels much because re the reality is, is that drinking that glass of Chardonnay doesn't stop that feeling of sadness or loneliness. No, and eating that bag of grab size family pack twelves doesn't didn't never really. But actually, getting a massive cuddle from him and having a big cry, he must think I'm an absolute maniac because <laughs> I cry all the time now. But he's what I've realised is if you're a mess with people, you allow them into into that really intimate part of you. Mm -hmm. That's, and yeah, being 40 is fucking great. I told you. <laughs> uh, it's, it's really, I mean, it's magical. So where would you say that you two are now? I know that's a really difficult question, but it sounds like you've come, actually started to come out of that really quite difficult period of self 
awareness. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, I, it's never ending. It never changes. Like, yeah, it never stops. It's never ending. And I think the thing for us that we have found in the last uh, year is this uh, ability to just really be very honest about stuff. For me, that was key. Um you know, I wanted to be able to, I, I, a lot of things, like I said, were changing. I wanted to be able to be completely upfront and honest with him with everything. Uh, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot in the show that I'm doing and in my book is uh, about women's sexuality and like our sexual needs, even, you know, the book's about orgasms, right? Yes, so like yes, yes. sexual needs, which again, I think are very much taboo still. People don't talk about it openly enough. And It's interesting. I heard one you know, of your podcasts, yeah. which is called Hashtag Nailed It, and you do a chat with one of your friends and it's yeah. about sex drive yeah. and about, you watched a documentary called Do Women Have a Higher Sex Drive yeah. Than Men? And in it, you say everyone needs to watch this documentary. Yeah, yeah. Why did you say that because uh, at some points in your life the answer is 100% yes mm. and I don't and I think there's again a lot of stigma surrounding it so for example I'm in my 40s I'm in my sexual prime and everybody knows that right my husband's in his 50s and his sexual drive's diminishing it has nothing to do with whether or not he finds me attractive and yes. it has nothing to do with whether or not I'm sexy yet as women like our tendency is if you if a guy is like oh I'm not up for it tonight you imme- we immediately take it on ourselves yeah. and actually I I think again, society, beauty magazines, all, all the rest of it are very are catered to that uh, insecurity mm. because they'll write the article saying uh, how to get your guy to be into you, like uh, ten reasons why he doesn't want to have your sex. Like it's all about your. It's not, you know. Yes. So even admitting stuff like that is not easy, and for men, it's not easy either yeah. because they are supposed to live up to the theory of being studs and always wanting sex, but the truth is they don't. Yes. They don't. don't not always. always. Certainly not in their 50s. <laughs> He'd rather have a nice meal, you know? <laughs> and also after that meal, you're always a bit full. Yeah, exactly. But it's, it's so funny because I think you, both women and men really suffer from those social yeah. stereotypes. Because if you get rejected from a guy by a girl, you know, if you as a girl, if you get rejected by a guy, you feel absolutely yeah. devastated. You go, I thought you were supposed to always, you, exactly. I must be a monster. <laughs> I'm offering it to you. And, and actually, like, I'm just really full. Right yeah. now, or I'm really tired. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's another glot. This mm. is like, oh, I realize, realize this episode has turned into it. It's like a celebration of your 40s. And it's yeah. magical. <laughs> I, I discovered that in my later life. Like, oh, you, you sometimes actually... And I have, I have a, a pretty strong sex drive, I would say. But I keep saying that and then speaking to other women. And they're like... Me too. And I wonder if yes. I don't have a crazy sex drive. I wonder if I'm so just quite normal. Relatively <laughs> normal sex yeah. drive. Tova, can I ask you for a tip in a relationship, long term relationship? Like if you really want to have sex and your partner doesn't, how do you reconcile that? Okay, well, first of all, for me personally, I really took charge of my own uh, sexuality and uh, I'm all for uh, pleasuring yourself. Yeah. Which, again, I think uh, not enough women talk about, not enough mi- women do. And I thought they did. I didn't think it was like a big no-no uh, or taboo or whatever, but apparently it was. I uh, I do this thing, top tips for top tips of the day, and I yeah. once did one on v- a vibrator, and I got so many messages from women after that story, that one single story. Uh, apparently, you know, some people were asking for actual tips, like what they should buy, and some <laughs> women were telling me thank you for talking about taboo stuff, and uh, lots of women were sending me pictures of their collections. Oh my god! Yay. <laughs> so it's the like hotbed approved. Yeah, exactly. It loves that. Uh, so I, uh, I, you know, I'm all for very long hot baths with uh, your friendly underwater. <laughs> That's number one. Uh, but also, uh, yeah, you know, like I went and 
I, I think sexuality is a lot of things. When I got into my own groove with moving and the pole dancing and, like I said, uh, I don't know, being surrounded in, in like a more sexual vibe helped us, I guess. But I still want sex more than Mike does. Like, yes. you know, that's that's the reality. Um, but I, like I said, I, I found other ways, you know, and... Um, and and that's just the way it is. So, Tova, sadly, um, our time is coming to an end. But um, I'd like to do a little um, game. This is what you last sent your partner, lover, husband, um, <laughs> person you share your bed with. Now, my relationship is very, very new. So okay. I'm going to say um, right now that mine was really quite adorable. Okay. Because I've also I've been divorced and I see, I know how quickly that romance goes. So uh-huh. I'm also really enjoying this new relationship bit. So my last one was genuinely <laughs> chatting to my dermatologist. It sounds really wanky, but I've just got one. Um, telling her about you, and I'm saying, he's just amazing, and I just feel so loved. and wanted you to know that as it's magic. Oh. Oh, I'm like, I'm like there with the organ grinder, oh. like, we will be in love, we will be in love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's so nice. And I've also said no, no, like, farting, and no, like, you know, I'm trying to keep the romance alive for as long as I can. Yeah. Oh, God. The moment you, it goes. you start farting next to each other, you know that's <laughs> the honeymoon's and, over. Uh, uh, okay, so what's yours? Oh, God. Mine's going to be something. Get me something. Let me see. So, Oh, yeah, you see. <laughs> no, for sure. Bring a coffee if you can. And the one before that is, um, can you get me tampons? Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, you see, it's a classic. And then he goes, actual tampons or pads? (laughs) Wait, and I go, yes, tampons for my vagina. (laughs) And guys, neither of those is more or less romantic. (laughs) Um, One is just a different stage of the relationship. (laughs) Tova, thank you for coming here and um, singing the song of beautiful 40s. Good luck with all of your wonderful projects. um, And good luck with your book. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to read that. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure. It was great. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Oh, her accent. I could I, listen to her forever. And her joy. Oh. And I just love um, the, the, the revelation, the midlife crisis and what it led to. That real sense of um, life is really short. What am I doing? I need to grab this by the boobs and get on with it and actually really try and enjoy it. She's so hotbed. And the way that she sat there with her like pink lipstick and her yeah. jumpsuit. I mean, I was, you can't hear me in the interview, but I was in the room being really quiet <laughs> and trying not to laugh loudly. Like a creepy stalker. It was pretty creepy, but she just looked so well and vibrant yes. and like a properly like satisfied woman on many levels. She's that true example of, you know, when you say you look beautiful and yeah. it wasn't, it's not about, I mean, she's a gorgeous woman, obviously, but it's, it's, you can tell that something has changed in her. Something has come alive in her. Um, I suppose that's what we, we we all want, don't we? And to, for her to be so celebrating being in your forties is wonderful. And I loved the bit she talked about the the sexy bath with your favourite waterproof sex <laughs> yeah. toy because it's funny. I don't know. I've talked when I say, "Oh, you know, in the hotbed we talk about sex toys and masturbation," because I think it's really important to empower women to look after their own pleasure, and it's yes. not just about. It's not really just about having sex with whoever you're having sex with. It's actually just saying like. Here's me discovering what I like and actually just taking ownership of that, whether it's by myself or in a relationship. And she's that person, isn't she? I mean, I know one of our mottos at Hotbed is to know your body. Yeah. And it, the best way to know your body is on your own without the inhibitions that you might feel with a, with a partner. And masturbating is such a big part of growing up as a woman and as a man and knowing how to communicate what you like with your partner. I don't yeah. know how else you do it, really, because when you're in the heat of things, it's quite difficult to, to say, oh, no, I, oh, I want to try that. Not Actually, when you're, when you're on your own, you've got a bit of time. It's true, and it makes things quicker, I think, when you are in bed, because I think a lot of what I th the gap, so this orgasm gap that we talk about, mm. men have more sex that leads to more orgasms than women. And in that gap, that's exactly what we were interested in, is what is happening in that gap. And for me... Part of that gap is like body issues. That obviously, you guys talked about, but also this idea that have that you're imposing on someone when they're trying to make you orgasm, and you're very conscious yeah. of time, which yeah. is literally the most unsexy thing oh, ever. But the countdown clock. Oh, it's oh. awful. And you know, I actually never have any idea whether it's been forty seconds, four minutes, or like four hours. Sometimes, yes, I'm like totally. Has could could he have watched an entire box set of The Sopranos? <laughs> Or sometimes when I have a shower, I get in and I think that I'm running late and I have a whole shower and then I get out and it's almost like we've gone back in time. And I'm like, that was 30 seconds. You've got time blindness. Yeah. I, I have, I've got a really strong sense of, oh, my God, I'm taking too long. Yeah. And the minute that I think that it's over and actually mm. I might as well stop and start again the next time and remind myself the minute I say you don't actually have to orgasm, Cherry, you just don't. Yeah. I, I, I start to feel it. Oh. The minute that pressure's on, game over. Do you know what I do to speed things up? What? And this is in the book. I do my I do my pelvic floor exercises. Really? So not the exercises, but if I squeeze and release, yeah, or like squeeze, 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 yeah. or release, 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 it's honestly so I'm, much quicker. I'm doing it right now, and I'm really turned on, <laughs> feeling sexy. <laughs> we will never not take the opportunity to like advertise <laughs> pelvic floor. By the way, this is we, the hotbed. We love pelvic floor. We it's do. our best friend. And just one thing I wanted to. So you talked about the stair pile really briefly to Tova, <laughs> and I was like, the fucking stair pile. Uh. What are your God. thoughts on the stair? Can you explain what the stair pile is? Stair pile is that wonderful collection of items at the bottom of the stairs. Let it be the, the, the toys to go in the kids' room, your kids' swimming stuff, your jumper, a book to go upstairs and the upstairs bookcase. 
their blazer, whatever it is. It's generally a collection of all of your things. And what 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 pisses everyone off is because everyone walks over it when they go upstairs. Hmm. Um, and it's it's left to you to deal with the stair part. And it's annoying. It's fiddly. It's bits that sock goes in there. And so I think there's a general joke amongst women about the fucking stair part. Mine is like a moat. And oh. I'm always amazed that anyone and I'm talking about one person, uh-huh. can get over it and go upstairs. I'm like, how did you get over that? It would have taken more effort to like pole vault over <laughs> that enormous pile of stuff than it would have been to just like pick it up. But I think it's, I think it's a blindness because I, mm. I think when, you're, you've got your, when, you're, when you have a one-track mind and you go, I'm going to go back upstairs to get my man bag, um, I think that there, is, there isn't a conscious, oh, I'm going to let you do that. I think it's more that there is tunnel vision. And so mm. I'm really trying to communicate that there is an expectation that you, you take that upstairs as well. And even if it's my stuff. Can you imagine that? Oh, can you imagine? Even if it's my... And again, I'm trying to communicate. Like, if I'm doing the ironing and there's someone else's... I suppose it's being respectful. But what I now know as, as my, in my second relationship, big significant relationship is I've got to make sure it's clear as day before I get cross about it. We need some like hotbed merch that's like, that's a, a basket. That the stair pile is our pile. In. Yeah, it slots into the stairs. So imagine it's like an L-shaped basket. I saw one on going Instagram. Going up and going down. Did you? Oh, I can't remember one of the influencers put oh, it up. Oh, I need I one. Or someone. And um, they said, no, no, no. They said it just gets filled <laughs> up. <laughs> and it's the worst. It's the worst. I tried a basket. And I was, and it just got filled up. Okay. No, I, even I didn't take it off. I was like, well, it's in a neat basket. It looks lovely. It can stay there forever. <laughs> or a little lazy Susan. What do they call it? The, oh, yes. Like a, a pulley system. A pulley system like Lisa, you might have in a restaurant. That's genius. This, but then it will become the top of the stair pole. <laughs> then no one would ever empty it. Well, yeah, I, I did accuse my partner of not clearing the stair pile. I was like, why could you walk over it? And, not? and he was like, because I was too busy carrying a cup of tea for you upstairs. Oh, I know. You have to be sure, don't you? You really have to be sure. So, Cherry Healy, that was really fun. That was really fun. It's so good to be back in the hotbed nest. Bosom. We always said you're like, you're at large. So you were never gone. You were never Never gone. gone. I'm like a cheerleader. You are. That comes and like, has has like, in the gang again. Big snogs. Yeah. The Hotbed Collective's debut book, More Orgasms Please, is out now and has been described by Stylist Magazine as one of the top non-fiction books of 2019. It's an open, honest and at moments hilarious dive into all aspects of sex for women. It covers feminist porn, body image, menopause and much more. It's punchy and playful, normalising and educating. It's an eye-opening read that puts women's bodies and their right to pleasure firmly on the map. Think of it as Couch to 5K for orgasms. More orgasms, please. Why Female Pleasure Matters is available now in hardback, ebook, and audiobook versions. You've been listening to The Hotbed, the podcast brought to you by The Hotbed Collective, who want to make life better one orgasm at a time. If you like us, we would love it if you could subscribe using your podcast player. And while you're there, leave us a glowing review, if only to massage our paper-thin egos. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. 
To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. 